because this is the Sun Splash Mix Show, and I am joined by two men. And I gotta say, because they are men's men, they're man's mans, they're they're um they're elders, if you want to talk about it, as promoters, but not just street promoters, event promoters. Let me try to go back from the beginning. Right here, we have Otis and we have True, and they've built brands and events that have locked down this state of Georgia, the city of Atlanta, but really the Southeast for how long? 30 years, maybe? So let me uh, let them introduce themselves. Otis, um, where did you start? And the same thing, Crushman, where did you guys start? As just the street promoters passing out flyers or? Um, I think my roots would start in college. But if you go honestly, here's the truth. My uh, father's a preacher. Um, I went to church every every Sunday. We um, had a lot of church events, and if anything started anywhere, it started there. Um, we would have to go and sell tables for events at the church. We um, would sell popcorn at the church, hot dogs at the church. Um, so interacting with people um, came early in my years. When I got in college, it seemed like automatically I was just pegged and pushed up as a leader. And I'm talking about at RIT, not at uh, at Southern Tech. So at RIT, a group of us started what was called a, a Caribbean Students Association up there. And we would do little um, things. That's back when I first started to uh, be a DJ. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't DJ. I, <laughs> the guys, we would play music and we would change the, um, the, 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 the mixtape. As, as I was DJing back then. Mixtape uh, DJ. Yeah, a mixtape DJ. Yo, that mixtape now I play good, man. Now I play good. You have to get a better mixtape in there. And that's really where it, it started. Then we started doing events, and then I became an alpha, right? And when I when I became an alpha, then 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 I got a little brand on my arm. Um, the it became bigger. Let's keep it fast forward. Bam, bam, bam. Um, came down in in, in Georgia. And I met Otis. And um, from there, we just, we, we started uh, the, the station thing, the, the, the Black Student Association, the, um, the step shows. Um, we saw real opportunity there because we started making some real, um, the money on campus, real money. I'm talking about, it was, it, was, it was surprisingly a lot of money. And I was like, yo, you can make a living doing this, <laughs> you know? I I started off in Brooklyn as um, trying to be a DJ, buying up records. And as True said, we both kind of landed in Atlanta at the same time, like at the peak of Freaknik. And we started doing stuff together on campus. You know, we started our own Black Student Association and we started throwing, throwing Caribbean parties and step shows um, on campus. And... Nobody wasn't ready for that in Marietta, Kennesaw, Georgia, Cobb County. They wasn't ready for that. And we just started doing stuff there. And, and, and from there, you know, we started meeting people like you guys, Changes, Ja Prince, while she, you know, we just started meeting people and started doing more and more events. But that's where it started for us was on campus in college. And um, that's where we, we learned our techniques.
just networking on campus. Um, we started taking things to the next level, learning technology, learning um, the internet. When, when we started coming out of school was when we started buying up websites. And we had no clue the amount of power that we were buying at the time. You buy a website name for $10, $15. We had no clue. We started off Peach Carnival, Caribbean Vibes. Um, we were just putting together names that made sense, right? Because, you know, you've been here long enough. The, the nickname for Atlanta Carnival back then was Peach Carnival. <laughs> so we bought Real the website. Simple. Nobody had the website. So we bought the website, $10. And everybody across the globe started emailing us for info. What do you know? You, you turn around, you got a thousand email addresses. And and we're talking about we're talking about as what they not cold email. These are real people who are already are interested in the culture. So so as True was saying, we started building databases because now we have names, we have email addresses, phone numbers, and people were just emailing us, asking for info. Um, you know, True was more of the computer guy. So he, um, as we built these websites, um, and we started putting up. Um, we, we started doing RSVPs. Nobody wasn't doing RSVPs back then. You know, I could, <laughs> we could pull out the, the list and you will see like 10 promoters nowadays who were RSVPing to our list back then. They were learning from what we were doing. That's right, in real time, in real time. In real time, right? So, so we started building these databases and we started getting everybody's name, phone number, et cetera, et cetera. And things just grew from there, um, doing events around Atlanta. And um, I guess to fast forward things, you know, we've done everything from Beanie Man, Bounty Killer, um, Stone Love, Base Odyssey, Black Chinese, Massive B, um, Elephant Man, Assassin, Wayne Wonder. Listen, listen, you ain't touched Soka yet, you know. <laughs> we ain't even touched the Soka side yet. Cause then you got Bungie Garland, uh Bungie Garland, you got you got Fan Lions, you got Destra, you got um Allison Hines, you, you got everything. And then um as we started growing, you know, True started doing the carnival. He got involved, deeply involved. Things started to move, not just because you guys were young and you were interested in the culture, but you were doing the right steps. Because like you said, no one had or no one was thinking the website. No one was thinking database. And like you said, if True if true was into data mining, explain that again for our audience right here. What were you doing before people knew it was a thing? I was building a database of interested individuals who were interested in a particular area. I thought it was a well, um, uh, a group that of people out there that wanted to have Caribbean themes and could not be reached. Not, uh, not as readily as you would like. You had to depend on flyers, you had to depend on, um, on, on a radio or broadcast, you had to depend on a friend. Um, can I phone a friend? And if somebody, if you get the right person, that person would turn into to five people, 10 people. But if you had them, 
they will all instantaneously get that information from you. And now it's even more instant. Now, although Instagram is cool, that phone text message is still the most powerful medium we have to date. Unless they put an implant in your brain, there's nothing more um, instant than, the, than that phone text. I got a print story. I got Go a for print it. story. Watch oh, the story, True. Back when when I was doing Sunday is, is this is this job Prince or Brookfinger? <laughs> this is job Prince. This is Appreciate. It. Thank you. This is job Prince. <laughs> to show you what we was doing with the Texas and stuff, um, before everybody was doing it, you recall Prince. There was a time when I was doing the Sunday night, and I text out. What I was doing was I would send to a hundred people, and I would have the inner circle connected to that event also right. texts out to 100 people. All right. So by the end of the day, or, or in our span, we was texting out to 1,000 people, right? Quick, and quick, I remember quick. texting, and once you called me after a text, and you said, why didn't I get the text? Like, why I'm, why I'm, not, in, why I'm not in the loops, huh? Why, why you didn't get the text? You said... Everybody in that room got the text. You always text me, but you didn't text me this one time. And I was like, for real, man? And you was like, yeah, man. Everybody in this room got the text for the party but me. Seriously. <laughs> and you was like, you always text me every week. Why? You know, and that's how we started to understand the power of texting. So then, as you know, True does, he started putting it. You know, well, there's companies that do this. Let's have those companies do it instead of us texting it from our phone and just taking it to a more corporate, more professional level. Like, you know, we were sending emails from our email address. So now there's companies, con Constant Contact, MailChimp, that does this. So we started taking what we were collecting, emails and phone numbers as databases and put go into these companies and started sending it out. And again, this is before most 90% of Atlanta or the world started doing this. We we was doing this. We was buying websites from 94, 95, we were buying websites. We got websites that's teenagers, that's 21 and can drink, <laughs> right? <laughs> we got websites that's 21 and can drink, you know? So we was doing this before everybody else. and. I think once we really understood how to take those databases and make them work for events and started seeing the results, then we just kept going with it, you know? I like it. I like it. Let me ask True real quickly. Um, we're not going to dis or we're not going to really challenge whether the paper flyer was effective or is still effective. But it's, talk it's to me effective. about... Yeah, talk talk to me about the paper printed flyer because it used to start a conversation. Just giving out the flyer, you started talking to thousands of people every week. Well, if you remember, I, I gained a reputation as, as as being a twin. Um, people thought there was two of me because I would be at every club all the time, at every door, and you would leave the club, leave me there, and get to the next club, and I was there at the door before he got to the door. Like, how the hell did he get there? It was it was a way of life. So you 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 knew this. 
we are engineers and we always knew that the, the numbers game was very important although you had people you were in contact with you you couldn't get complacent and say okay i'm good i'm good I, I, i'm good if i just send this text out i'm good it eventually got more and more uh they're powerful because the individual and then it became it became that you knew it was stickier if you gave them a flyer and then they got the text right they had the flyer they got the text but the flyer had more information more of the content the text was just a short uh blurb right but the flyer had all the content and they would they, they people trust me i've been to enough people's um these girls rooms or, or apartments i would go there and i would see a stack of flyers they get the text they said black chinese massive b hold on i got that flyer somewhere mm -hmm. they, they, they have a, a room full of flyers and they're going through the flyers that they got out of their car. They got duplicates because they've been out so much. And then they look for the flyer and they're, oh, yeah, this one. Okay, okay. Shit, that's going to be big. It's a reminder. So, you know, that's the, the flyer game. At one point, the flyer game had evolved for me to a flyer and a VIP pass. So I would, I would print the flyer and put the flyers on the cards and then we'll go to the front door and hand out the VIP cards at the front door. Um, sometimes we, we look down and we're like, okay, numbers are down. We need to get back on the street, get back on the, on the grind and put these yeah. flyers back on the road because there's the storefronts right now in a pandemic, the storefronts are not as, as available as they used to be. And then people are wiping, wiping down all, all the countertops. So they're not like letting the paper sit there for a long time. They're going to wipe that down in the day. So you're flying up in, in the trash just that much, uh, faster, yeah. you know, but Post pandemic, we will be back out there with some flyers and you hitting the streets hard again. I like the flyer, it. If the flyer game to answer that question is an intricate, it was an integral part of the game and continues to be an integral part of the game. I like that. The same way Otis picking back up right off of those flyer games. There was a time, like you said, the amount of information we put on it, um, the right photographs that we use, and then the size of the flyers started to get. I think out of hand. So what what do you what do you remember about the flyer game? Mark, Mark. I mean, Mark. Mark Stewart is the godfather. Mark Fashion is the godfather. When he came out with a full size flyer, I, I'm trying to get in the video. Full size flyer. You know, no no one was expecting that. Mark changed everything for us because everybody was doing small, cute little pocket flyers, like True said. And then Mark came with the full size flyer, and everybody was like, "Whoa, you really sending a message?" Yeah, it covered, it, big covered every, it covered everybody else's flyer on the car. So he would yeah. just come and he would just put his flyer over all the other flyers. Yes, it's like, it's, it's like look what I got. Yeah, yeah. So once Mark did that, everybody kind of picked up on that. And if you had the budget for it, and it was really a big event, then you went with a full size big flyer. You know. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, like, I remember the same thing. And, and let's talk about the graphics the same way. You guys have been very consistent with some colors on certain events. Um, and obviously Atlanta turned into the black and white and the all whites and the green and yellow and the all colors affairs. Um, let's talk about you being consistent, being consistent with your event, being consistent with the promotion, the website. Maybe people would be like, yeah, the website is it's the same, but it's very effective because everything is still there. So yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, true is the master of this consistency, right? Consistency builds crowds, right? That's that's what true mastered. And when when you look at it, 
um, the brand names, as as you know, True said earlier, we don't throw parties, we build, we build brands. So like True has a new spot, Flex Lounge, right? And one of the events he's doing is the Saturday night, Mingles. Mingles was a brand with a Z. Mingles with a Z was like one of the first events we did 15, 20 years ago. We were doing, you know, upscale parties downtown Atlanta called Mingles. So he's bringing back that vibe by using that name because we don't throw parties, we build brands. Mingles is a, was one of our first brands and he's reintroducing it to the Atlanta market, right? So that's where we go. We got Juve, Juve Memorial Weekend or slash Atlanta Carnival Weekend, right? Everybody knows the word Juve. Everyone does a Juve, everyone does a different Juve, but we're on year 17, right? We're on Hold year on, let that breathe, let that breathe. Let we're that breathe. Year 17. We're on year 17. That means almost, almost legal, right? <laughs> almost could drink. So we so got events that we built into I, brands. And I'm we glad just you brought that up, Miss, because the Mingles was a Juve. The very first Juve was Mingles. It was a Mingles. So was we, a Mingles did a, we did a special, a special event at Mingles called the Juve, the very first one at Island Breeze. Right. And that's when, that's when that's when we realized this is going to be a problem, right? Right? Okay, there's a lady who comes to the parties who becomes since Island Breeze days, Imogene. Yeah, Imogene is on the list. Imogene, if you're out there, okay, what's up? How you doing? She's from Island Grenada. Thank you, thank you. Or in, in Saint Vincent, and she comes out every year from that year. Island Breeze. And after that, the year after that, we went down to what's now known as um, Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. Right. And we, and we were on the small side. And we did like 1,700 people with Massive B and, and Black Chinese. And you really. And Tony Temple. Tony Temple was the one soca DJ we had. He, he was the best and the only. And the only soca DJ right. we had that year. It was. Crazy, I'm telling you, we did not expect that, but we were still doing before we knew the value of what we were doing, we were still doing free before 12. Yeah, and I being consistent with it, not, not trying we, to keep people at all. I tried to not trying to kill people. Now, these guys now talking about like 40 dollars early bird special with no, nobody on the flyer, <laughs> with nobody on the fly. We was doing, we have big names, and we was doing free before 12. And if the line was around the corner, and we did about seventeen hundred people at night, and still, you know, we 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 young boys, like oh, we killing it, you know, just trying to build a brand, not not necessarily because always is an engineer. I'm a I'm a I'm a programmer, so we had jobs. It wasn't like we was out here trying to make a living doing this thing. It was really just fun, and it, and and the whole crew was the whole crew had jobs. So this thing was really just a hobby. And the, the hobby took off. That's what I like to hear right now. This is only the first true conversation with True and Otis, and we're talking about reggae in Atlanta. And we know that reggae is the biggest thing that that they are using uh, to blanket what this Caribbean vibes actually is. And you guys are the originator of the Caribbean vibes, actually in the city. Um, so this is only the first true conversation on the website. <laughs> we'll put that on the website, right? no doubt. Um, so, we're going to definitely talk back to you guys about venues. 
We're going to talk about that networking and that partnerships with, I guess, companies, brands, our Caribbean businesses, the relationships. Like you mentioned, Black Chinese don't really want to go nowhere else. Master B, Bobby Connors kind of don't want to go anywhere else. So when we get back to part two and part three of these two versations, we're going to get a little bit deeper into how did you guys really build that that partnership, that network and that business and some of these brands. Um, So we're going to say, Otis, I know you got some semi specific things. And then true, you got some semi specific things that are launching right now. 2021, like you said, post pandemic. So, Otis, where do they find you and what do you got coming up? Um, Right now, I, I'm just focused on what we'll call Memorial Weekend. Right. Right. Because um, it's not really carnival, but we're still doing the events. Atlanta's still turning out. So we have the flag party um, the Thursday for Memorial Weekend. And we have the um, the Juve um, for Memorial Weekend. And with both events, what we're doing is reggae soca. Right. So we have we still doing what we mastered um, over the years is putting reggae in one room and putting soca in, in one room. Um, and, and then having the right blend of artists, DJs, sounds to, to go for their events. So they, they could see those events and, and know that um, we put those events together. I appreciate it. I like it. Same thing true. Like you said, besides the day job, there's more things that you got going on. How do they find you and, and what do you got going on? Well, the biggest thing I got going on, uh, as you know, is um, I, I, I got involved in a restaurant. Um, so about um, 11 years ago, uh, um, I got introduced to a restaurant Auburn Avenue and I, I chose the name as Mangos. And now we're looking at, um, at three and we're uh, trying to get our fourth. So uh, Mangos Caribbean restaurant, it, it's, it's something for that a grown man does, you know, I, I, you know, my father used to say, cause you know, he's from the, ch the church era, uh, when we were kids, we did the things that kids do. And then when we were men, we do the things that men do. So you can't be a, in the party vibe forever. You know, um, Otis and I, uh, we, we both are upon the same type of level that, you know, we are in the position where we are transitioning from being assets to becoming, an asset from being um, an asset to becoming the one who holds assets. So asset holders, so a, a building, a business, um, things that are real, that are tangible, things you could feel. Um, those are the things that, that men do, you know, that, that we are, are moving into. And of course, um, going into where, you know, everyday type of way you are uh, a mentor to the, the youths that are on the way up. I try to teach as much as possible. Sometimes it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough luck, you know? That's not what you do, that's not how you do it. I'm gonna put you on the bench till you try and figure this out. But some, these, these young boys, they ate buck, because we in an era that they feel like they are, they are owed something, okay? Um, and just by them, them showing up is enough. Okay, I'm here now, so go ahead and pay me. I've been in the building for 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 five hours, so you owe me five hours worth of pay. But what, what, what have you done? We live, eat liquor, live long. You know, eat liquor, live long. Yeah, you you've heard that before. Prince. Yeah, eat liquor, live long. <laughs> we still here. 
and we're not talking about the belly because as grown men, that's something that we are working on right now. So I, I eat as little as I can, bro. <laughs> so salute to everybody right here. Sunsplash, the big show, True Versation number one with True and Otis from the Crushmore, the Mingles, the Juve, the Flex, and uh, much more. Thank you, brothers, and we will be in touch. Okay. Appreciate it, Thank brother. You. Thank you for reaching out.